Hello and welcome everybody to the second episode of End Times Like These. Today we have a special guest coming on, uh, one of my friends, uh, one, uh, one passionate preacher. He is a youth pastor in a church in Pennsylvania, and I'll let him get into uh, all the details he wants about himself. Uh, Brother DJ Williams, uh, I really one thing I really can say about him is uh, he has a passion uh, for souls. He wants to see people saved and uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. I really want him to come on here and uh, tell us a little about a little bit about himself and. Uh, and then toward the end of the podcast, I'm going to let him uh, have his liberty. Uh, not like he has to take it, but uh, it is his. And I want him to speak to you uh, and really impart something into you. Uh, whether it's 30 minutes long, an hour long, 15 minutes long. Uh, I hope that you would give him your unav- uh, uh, undivided attention. And um, allow him to speak into your into your, into your heart. Uh, allow uh, God to speak to you today too. Uh, so, without further ado, let's jump right in to this podcast. What's up, Brother Williams? How you doing today? Man, I'm doing absolutely awesome. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful spring day here so I'm, I'm just appreciative yes sir it is uh nice and beautiful down here in the great state of louisiana man uh it is awesome to have you back uh to talk to us today um i just want to uh let these uh listeners understand how much of a genuine person you are man and uh i'm telling you if if they'll let you speak to them they will receive something uh you have such an anointing uh from god and uh, it's just awesome, bro. I, I'm glad I have a friendship with you. I'm glad I got to meet you, man. Man, that's so that's so kind of you to say. I, I'm I'm so excited when you reached out. I was just so excited and honored that you thought of me. So uh, I, I was like, let's make it happen. Whatever we got to do, let's make it happen. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so to start this thing off, um, I want you to, uh, I know we did this on the Instagram live, but I want you to elaborate on who you are, where you're from and what you do, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my name is, uh, DJ Williams. Um, I've been living in just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for about the past eight years now, which is, it's crazy to me. I moved here, uh, right after Bible school, right after IVC, um, and uh, me and my wife have been working in the same church with the same pastor, Pastor uh, Knox and Sister Amber Hankins. Um, we started as youth pastors. Um, and I, my, my time as a youth pastor, man, I just cherish some of those memories above, uh, you know, just above so many things that I've gotten to do in my life. It was truly uh, just one of my favorite things that I've ever done is working with uh, the young people of New Life Church, yes, sir. and uh, just in the past two years, we've transitioned into more of an assistant pastor role, and so it's it's definitely been uh, filled with new challenges, but uh, also with you know the pandemic and everything that was going on, there was some uncertainty and just a higher level of weirdness yeah. that was going on there. 
Uh, but truly, I think God knows what he's doing, um, regardless of what we see or or don't see. He just has a way of keeping us right in step with him if we'll, if we'll let him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm still uh, extremely involved with the young people uh, at, a, at a district level. Um, I'm our, our section one uh, youth representative. And so mm-hmm. I absolutely love and cherish that opportunity that God's allowed me to do. Um, and just working with the pastors, representing the pastors and the churches and the young people of our section in Pennsylvania is just, it's such an honor, man. It's such an honor. Yes, sir. Um, one question, uh, making the transition from, uh, from a teenager in high school going to IBC, there's a lot I know for sure uh, around here that are, are looking into all these Bible colleges. What's one thing you can uh, recommend them do uh, in this transition, in this decision-making process? Absolutely. So one of the things that I would do is be first, I would definitely suggest be open and honest with your pastor. Um, Have those conversations with him. Um, Have those conversations with with those people that you trust that are praying over your life. And uh, they're not just going to tell you something that you want to hear. They're going to give you, uh, you know, great and open communication. Um, one of the things that I think is most valuable when making these types of decisions is to uh, listen to what God is telling, because you might feel him uh, yeah. telling you, hey, I want you to to further that. I want you to go uh, and, and seek out that, that next level biblical education. Um, and I think that there are so many options. There's there's so many fantastic Bible colleges. Of course, I'm partial to Indiana Bible <laughs> College. You know, I, yeah. I met my wife there. You know, but that that was um, one of the greatest learning experiences for me. And one thing that I think young people that are you know seniors, juniors in high schools, there's there's preview weekends that these Bible colleges have. Yeah. If you have the ability to make it just go for the experience, just go to kind of see what you'd be doing. And I think one of the most important things you've got, you've got sign off from your pastor, you've, you've got the buy-in, you've got people that. Man, it's a thing that the enemy does. Uh, when we start something great, uh, he likes to try to attack us in the middle of a great conversation, bro. This thing gets shut off. Uh, but we're back now, and uh, I want you to go ahead and uh, finish what you were saying about you got the pastor's sign off. Uh, so go ahead and flow with that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you. So you've you've handled all the steps. You've got your pastor's sign off. You've got the people, the right people backing you. I think one of the most important things to remember is you step into that next season, that next season with the right intentions and the right motives. Um, people making the right decision, but for the wrong motives, that mm-hmm. can be just as detrimental as making the wrong decision. Um, and so I, I think that if you go with the mindset of I'm doing this for God, if I, if I meet somebody that's going to play a huge part in my future, if I meet a spouse, a future spouse, if I meet whatever, that's all, that's all secondary, but I'm going to dedicate this part of my life to gaining to growing my relationship with god yeah so that i can be a part of what my pastor's vision is for my city my community 
um, I, I, I desperately want that. So going with the right motives, going with God, I think is one of the most important things sure. that we can keep close to our heart. And man, uh, I totally, it totally slipped my mind that you had told me at uh, uh, Camp Judah that you was uh, a uh, alumni of IBC. And it's such a crazy deal. There's so many people around me that uh, are going to these preview weekends right now uh, and uh, trying to make the decision of where they want to go, IBC, Urshan, TBC, and they're all great colleges. Uh, Absolutely. Just uh, one, one, uh, one recommendation, follow the will of God. Um, yes. And that, that I feel like you said that great. Um, but with that, um, I want to go and uh, ask you, uh, as your time as a youth pastor, and I know uh, you 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 said you cherish these these moments, and um, from the transition from IBC to coming back home, uh, did you really expect uh, to to be asked to uh, step up and, and lead these the, your this youth group in your church? Did you expect that? Man, so when I so I'm originally from uh, Connecticut, went to IBC, and see how uh, much, my, see how much sorry. I know. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're good, man. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm originally from Connecticut. Went to IBC, met my wife, and then uh, I, I came and started working with a pastor here. Uh, my pastor, which was originally going to be an internship for the summer and you know I knew that I was going to be working with the youth and you know kind of just doing some events on a you know weekly bi-weekly monthly basis uh and then I was going to be headed back to IBC but when I got here and I I started working I, I just realized there was such a value in the experience that I was getting. And I, I just had such a great working relationship with my pastor and his wife, just being able to mm-hmm. learn from them, just being able to, you know, I, I was living in their house at that time <laughs> and just really seeing every aspect of ministry. Yeah. Um, and so it was such an honor that they would trust me. So when it was decided that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here, uh, I'm, I'm going to have this opportunity. Uh, my pastor was excited to ask me and to have me uh, step into that role of youth pastor. And honestly, I, I don't know that it was something that I was expecting to happen so fast. But I think a lot of times God brings things. It, we, we spend so much time waiting and so much time wanting for things to happen. And then when we get okay with where God has us, he says, all right, boom, here's the next step. Here's yeah. the next phase. And I, I think that for me, it was almost a good thing that while it didn't necessarily happen out of nowhere, I didn't have time to try and, you know, make this happen. I'm going to make this. I'm going to force this step to happen. It was just kind of I'm a step with God. I'm a step where God wants yeah. me to step and I'm going to do whatever he puts in my hands to do. Um, and so when that time came for me to. Man, this sucks that we had to do this again. Uh <laughs> The en- the enemy likes to have his way of uh, shutting us off when we start getting good. Uh, At least trying to. I'm telling you, bro. Instagram live now two times on a podcast. Uh, what's up with this, man? Uh, 
but uh, you were talking about the transition from uh, youth pastor to assistant pastor, uh, and uh, with all I know, you didn't go into complete detail about it, but uh, this is a lot mainly young ministers. I know it's uh, a lot of um, male audience, and um, from from a man that uh, had to grow in this thing. Won't you give our young ministers a uh, little piece, a snippet of advice that they can use, uh, especially in this day and age where um, so many things are accessible to their phone and uh, so close to uh, and easy to slip up and mess up? What's one thing that you can give these guys uh, to help endure through this uh, new age stuff? Absolutely, man. So... I don't mind. I have a little bit of a, a background story to it, if that's all right. Yeah, bro, go ahead. So, uh, me and my wife, a couple of weeks ago, we we kind of, you know, we're starting to think of ourselves as adults, <laughs> and so we were actually going to look at a house, just thinking about, you know, maybe there was there was a possibility of us, you know, buying the house, and because we are on the suburbs of, of Philadelphia, uh, the price of houses is just, you know, absolutely insane. Oh yeah. Um but we but we said, you know what, let's go, let's let's look at this house. It was in this beautiful neighborhood. Um they're a fantastic award winning school district. I mean just everything that everything about the surroundings that you would want it to be. And then uh, we went and we're looking at the outside of the house. There was this new new porch that they had put on the house. Big beautiful yard lots of space for, you know, we have a four-year-old daughter, lots of space for her to run around and just, you know, have the time of her life. Yeah. And there were a lot of things that we were loving, loving about this house. And we, uh, we meet up with the realtor and we go inside and, bro, it was like uh, the other side of the coin because inside there were things that were unfinished. Um, the house, we knew that the house was a bit of a fixer-upper, but from the pictures, we did not know just how much of a fixer-upper mm-hmm. that it was. Uh, there were just so many things that were unfinished. There was uh, mold damage. A lot of the rooms had been made smaller than I think what they probably could have been. And just looking at the outside, looking at the area, looking at all of those things, the price of this house was the same price as a finished house. Man. The, the price of this house was like, hey, move in ready, turnkey, just walk right in and you're good. Yeah. And, and you know, me and my wife were talking and I was thinking about it. And, you know, while we decided not to go with this house, it was incredible to me just kind of looking at all of the issues that we would have needed to correct this house. Yet the value of the house didn't drop. Mm-hmm. Specifically, because of what surrounded it. The people that you have in your life, the people that you trust and you call close friends, and the people that surround you, they keep the value of your life, they keep the value of your ministry from dropping below a certain level. Yes, sir. None of us are complete. None of us are finished product. None of us are the best that we possibly can be. But where you surround yourself with will either raise or decrease your value. Mm-hmm. 
the people that you have speak into your life, the people that you call friends. Uh, the, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, meaning that even though you might have friends that say things to you that might not feel great, if they're friend enough to tell you what areas you need to correct and what things about you that you need to elevate and get better, there's so much value in that rather than the people that will just say, no, man, you're good. You're, you're perfect. Everything you do is awesome. Everything you need to have people in your life that will raise your value and yeah. will not let your value drop below a certain point. So I think one of the most valuable things that young ministers can, um, can hear and can take to heart is we, we don't necessarily – this is not aimed at anybody. This is not said at anybody. But I think a lot of times we look at the people that seem like shooting stars. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're, they're preaching everywhere. Every time you see them, they've got a new engagement. And, you know, their audience is just growing and growing, getting bigger and bigger. And I believe that there are times where God allows that to happen. I'm yeah. not, that's not of God. And But I, I think that we need to always make sure that we are attempting to find people and put ourselves around people that are consistent. Yeah, and you know, uh, talking to some of the young guys in our church, um, and we were talking about some some other guys um, that we, we've looked up to, and um, there's a few other that um, we've been praying about, not specifically around us, but other places, um, and their, their little loophole for this is God can use the just and the unjust. So uh, there is something twisted and wicked about that, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, if, you Absolutely. Can, if you can't get yourself to the point where, uh, or, into, unless, or where you're at, when you're content about being that way and still trying to be used by God, there, there's something that's got got to change you know and, uh, yes absolutely and, and one of the things that god will speak through somebody who is not right in mm-hmm. order to touch people that are yeah in need god always prioritizes the need over the vessel yeah and just because god can use me just because god can speak through me that doesn't mean that I'm perfect, yeah. and, I, and God does not expect us to be perfect. That doesn't mean that I'm right. God does expect us to be trying to live a right life. Yes, sir. God does expect us to be trying to deepen our walk with Him. And there's so many people that are talented speakers. They're ta- they're talented orators. They can speak. They can preach with the best of them. But we need to make sure that in spite of that natural God-given talent, that we are always endeavoring to have a relationship with God that reflects the anointing that is put on us. Yeah. And one thing I try to tell these guys that uh, they say they look up to me and uh, ask me some of these things, um, and I try to let them know that uh, we're like like you just said, we're striving, we're striving to be the best we can, uh, but. And, and sometimes like this, you need to stop looking at their their uh, imperfection of what, what's going on with them and start looking at your imperfection and start trying to transform your life. 
to, to the way you need to be so God can use you the way he wants you to or wants you to be used. So instead of Absolutely. instead of looking into other people's problems, start looking into yours and buying into your soul and into yourself and start giving yourself to God more instead of giving them more thought and time when you could be using that time to be uh, praying, studying, and getting closer to God. Bro, there is absolutely nothing good that comes out of uh, comparing yourself to somebody else. No doubt. uh, There's only two options. When you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you either have a false sense of security because you're like, oh man, at least I'm not like that person. You know, at least I'm not. You know, I, I look at them and I see where they don't measure up, but at least I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one option. And the second option is, man, I could never be like that person. I, yeah. I could never do what they do and speak how they speak and they have the ability that they have. Neither one of those are from God. And, you know, it's one thing to, to do wrong and to know you're doing wrong instead of doing wrong when you're trying to be right, you know. Yes, and putting on absolutely. that, putting on that, uh, that facade of hey, I'm, I'm perfect and righteous, and then in the background, doing things that you're not supposed to, you know, and then absolutely. going and dogging on people when you're trying to put that facade of I'm okay, I'm good, and when you're around uh, other people that you consider your holy friends, you know, and you're sitting there saying bad things about these other people that know they're doing wrong, and. Uh, Instead of talking about them, why don't you go reach out to them and stop? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And even if you're doing wrong, you need to um, get something going right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I 100% agree with that. That's, that's, uh, I think that we, we uh, at times, can't be quick to throw stones, but like Jesus said, he, the Bible says, cast the yeah. first stone. You know. That's completely right. Um, so, uh, for the, the little bit of female audience that I have on this podcast, uh, yeah. from your, your uh, not just your assistant pastoral uh, background, but your youth pastor, your youth pastor background, uh, is there a piece of advice for these young ladies that are aspiring to uh, get closer to God or in, uh, or in the process of looking for a holy man to uh, settle down with? To start a future with, what what kind of advice can you give these these girls uh, in a time like this to really um, to focus on their main part of uh, a godly man and a godly relationship? Absolutely, man. Well, this you know, while my daughter is only four, you know, this is something that hits close to home yeah. because I'm I think all the time I'm like, man, I only have. You know, who knows? It could be could be nineteen, could be twenty five. I, I only have a certain amount of years to, you know, prepare her mm-hmm. for the ministry that God has for her. Um, I, I think that so often with, um, and, and I, I while I cannot speak from the aspect of young ladies, I, I yeah. have youth that was made up of mostly young ladies and. Thank God for a fantastic wife who is able to just communicate so, so well with yeah. them. Um, but one of the things that my wife told me that, you know, her and God had a conversation before me and her ever met. And she was persistent and she was insistent that 
God, I'm not going to Bible college for a husband. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, working on myself so that I'll be ready when I find that husband. Her, she understood that her walk with God and her ministry that God had for her was for her to work on, for her to perfect, for yeah. her to uh, improve upon. And one of the thing, one of my favorite favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Ruth, mm-hmm. um, and just how Ruth had a resistance to bitterness. Ruth was not an Israelite. She was not somebody that should have had access to bring a future Israelite king into the world. Yeah. But there was a resistance to bitterness in her when Ruth lost everything that she thought her life was going to be. Mm-hmm. She was married to um, she was married to one of Naomi's sons and her her husband ended up dying. Mm-hmm. And everything that she had planned on, every plan that she had made all fell to pieces. She had to lose everything that she thought that her life was going to be in order to step into who she was supposed to be. And there was something about that that is absolutely so powerful to me because Ruth, it it was not just like, oh, well, this is who, you know, this is along the lines of what's supposed to be. I have a right to be this. No, Ruth understood, like, I don't have a right to be here. I don't have a right to be a part of this nation. You know, I kind of just worked my way in by marriage. But Ruth had a mind to work. Bible says that uh, she went. She was out working in the field when she met her future husband. Mm-hmm. And what's powerful about that to me is Ruth found her future in the field. Mm-hmm. Ruth found her future while she was working. We are, especially um, young ladies, need to have that mindset of, you know what, I I can be for God. I can be a work for God. I can do what God called me to do. And as my life is progressing, as my faith is deepening, as my relationship is getting stronger with God, He yeah. will bring me what is needed into my life. Man, and that's that's crazy that you say that. Uh, I referred in the introduction of this video before uh, I called you. I referred yeah. back to when you spoke about uh, your future is in the field on the Instagram Live. And uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy how God had a, uh, he orchestrates something so perfectly. And, um, but uh, guys, I want you to understand this isn't just for the young ladies. Uh, I, I heard a, uh, a preacher say the other night that instead of praying, God, show me who my husband or future wife is, uh, won't you just go ahead and pray for your future marriage? And instead Absolutely. of. Instead of praying uh, for beauty and uh, looks and personality and stuff, just start praying for a healthy marriage, because Absolutely. a healthy mar- a, uh, a healthy marriage is hard to find in this uh, in this in this age, this time and hour. I mean, you you hear and he said, "Don't speak one lick of divorce. Don't let that twisted word enter your mouth." Absolutely. So uh, don't Absolutely. don't claim divorce before you're even married. Absolutely. And don't pray that God hold us from divorce. Just pray that God's strength is uh, is in it in your marriage. So I mean, that's a little piece of advice that I, I I took out of that message that I was listening to. Come on, absolutely. And I, I'm so I'm so 
with that idea because you know it's it's one of those things. It's one of those biblical things like we're gonna do this. It's gonna be for life, you know. Yeah. Where, where there's gonna be frustration and there's gonna be um, hard times. But one of the things that me and my wife talk about often when you're driving somewhere, um, and you know, you're we're just kind of driving, and we're not, we're not overly, you know, romantic, overly lovey-dovey, but yeah. we were just driving and having a conversation, and you know, we were talking about how I love the fact that. I I can be my corniest sense of humor mm-hmm. around her, and she can't go anywhere. You know, we're just we're we're doing this. We're doing this for life. Yeah. So it, it's it's an extreme blessing being married to your best friend. Yeah, for sure, man. And as a young man, like praying for God to lead me to the right person mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I I would. My personal preference on it is that I would like somebody that coincides with my ministry, and Absolutely. and that's what I see in you and uh, your your wife that y'all y'all make the best out of each other in y'all's ministry. Oh my goodness! And, oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah, and and uh, when I met y'all at Camp Judah, man, I I really I was like, man, I really hope I can find somebody that helps me like she helps him, you know. And I, I just, it's so hard to find somebody that genuine in, in, like, in general, period, because you got the way the enemy is twisting and turning everybody's minds toward the things of this world. It's hard to find somebody with a genuine prayer life. It's, oh it's hard to find, find someone with a, a drive and a determination Just a, a wholly different outlook on everything, and that's I'm, I'm telling you, man. As a young 20, 20 year old man, trying about to turn twenty one, I mean, yeah, um, I'm working as hard as I can to build a life and a future for myself. But not only that, I'm already I'm I'm, I'm thinking about building a life and a future for my future family. Bro, that's that's an incredible mindset to have. Or when you have those type of things on your list of what you want in a potential spouse, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that there's a lot of times where if God had brought it, like, like you know, I say this with complete honesty and vulnerability, if God had brought um, my wife Tuesday into my life even six months earlier, I, I don't know that I would have been in the place to yeah. build the relationship that we have. It's all according to timing and his perfect it, perfect will. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's his perfect timing. And I think that he brings things about in his perfect timing, regardless yeah. of how how hard we're praying for something, how much we want something. It is 100%. If, if we're praying, God, I want you to have your hand on my life. We can't, um, we can't be frustrated or upset when his hand is guiding us in a direction that was yeah. not what we planned. It, it, it's all about the, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. That's right. And so regardless of where those steps take us, they've already been ordered. And you the, know, regardless of the frustration or the valleys or the mountaintops yeah. that those footsteps take us to. The Bible says he that, has, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
podcast. If, if you can't if you can't follow the voice of God, you won't be able to follow anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if you if you can't be led by God, uh, then you cannot lead your future family. That's true. You're supposed to. And um, I don't know if you met my pastor's uh, father yet or not, uh, Elder Chris. Uh, I don't think I had the chance to not yet. He spoke to me the other night. He said, um, "You can't expect a cattle pusher to lead sheep because you you take a cattle pusher for a, an example, and I mean you can take this as your you leading your family too. Yeah, you can't you can't get. I mean cattle cattle pushers are pushing from the side and from the back, trying to push these cattle cows or cattle toward what whatever their destination is. You can't push them that way." A, sh- a sheep, it takes the scent of a shepherd, and uh, it follows wow. the scent. Yeah. And it follows its voice. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you take the shepherd for example. The shepherd, it doesn't go home and sleep in its bed. A lot of the times, it sleeps at the gate of the sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what our our God does. He sleeps. He sleeps at the. He sleeps at the gate of the sheep until they get the scent of him, until they get the understanding of his voice. We have a faithful God. We do. We absolutely. In the at the beginnings of a shepherd's uh, journey, they they stay at the 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 gate of the sheep for a purpose, and it's to like not only to get them adjusted to them and to to know who they are, but it's to protect them. From any harm, any any serpents, scorpions, anything like that, you know. And and one thing I want, I know I'm talking about how good God is, but uh, I heard a preacher say the other day that the serpent was to deceive, and the lion was to devour. So, in the beginning, you know where the serpent was toying with Adam and Eve's mind or Eve's mind at first and it's still relevant today the serpent is still out deceiving yes but there is a line ready to devour mm-hmm. so don't follow the leading of that that snake or that serpent or that line or that's you don't don't follow the, the leading of that serpent because it's going to lead you to a line that's going to devour Absolutely. you got to follow the shepherd And I didn't mean That's to come right. on here and preach, man. <laughs> You're the speaker. <laughs> You're all right. Don't don't apologize, man. <laughs> but uh, that that's just one piece of advice that I would give. And I mean, I know I'm not experienced as much as everybody else is. I'm I'm still a kid, man. Hey, that's all right, man. That's all right. God God is uh, taking you years for you at whatever level you're at. You yeah, know, man. You're not a minister in loading. You're you're not a a preacher in loading like mm-hmm. you are who God calls you to be growing into who God calls you to be. So Yeah. And I mean what I was trying to get with that is like like we were talking about in the relationships or anything. Don't follow a serpent, follow a shepherd. Right. Because the serpent's gonna lead you to a line that'll devour. But the shepherd'll lead you to like take the take Moses into consideration when he was sent he, he was sent to lead his people to the promised land. 
Don't follow someone that's going to lead you to the to the, the line. Follow someone that's going to lead you to the promised land. <laughs> but I mean, there's going to be commandments that are given along the way. You just got got to understand God's the one that is bringing these these guidelines are set there to better you, not to harm you. Come on, that's absolutely the case. Ever, the things that God sets forth are only to better you. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I think we're at the the point of the podcast where I'm just gonna let you loose. And uh, if, <laughs> if God uh, has given you something to speak to a direct person, people, group, go ahead and let God flow and uh, speak what you feel. All right, man. Well, I, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be super long today, but there was just a thought that has been uh, sitting sitting on me over the last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, it's just uh, I've noticed, you know, just reading through my Bible. I, I try to be pretty diligent about reading the Word of God and getting it into me, and not just uh, not not just going through it, but also going through it with the intention of, of receiving and. One of the things that I notice is in Jesus' ministry, uh, his earthly ministry, is how often he came into contact with somebody that the Bible does not list their name. They they don't, it doesn't list a lot of their qualifications. You have people like the the centurion, where it tells you what he did and it tells you his status. You know, it, it makes a big deal about who he was. Um, or it tells you about you know Nicodemus who was a ruler in the temple. He was somebody. Jairus who yeah. worked in the synagogue. You know he was somebody. But you come across people like the woman with the issue of blood. Mm-hmm. You come across people like the Samaritan woman at the well. The the boy with the fish. There are so many people that Jesus comes into contact with, and either he does a great miracle through them. Or he uses them to spread the word about his ministry. He uses them to spread the word about who he was. And I think what's so powerful about that is very often when you read about the people who um, had that status, who had that name, so often the miracle happens, and then that's just kind of the end of their story. But when you read about the people that a miracle happens for, but you don't get their name, you don't get their backstory, you don't, you, you don't get their, their resume that would require that would say, oh, this person's worthy, this person's not. When you start to look at all of those people, so often it talks about how they went and they told everybody that they knew, or how you know the woman at the well went back and told her family, or you know the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. That by the law she could have been stoned. By the law, her life could have ended right yeah. there. Um, but she heard and she learned the sound of mercy and grace when all of those people that had gathered to stone her, the people around her, saw the truest, realest version of grace and mm-hmm. the realest version of mercy that was ever experienced. So many times we get frustrated. We feel like we're being held back or we feel like we're being set back because, you know, maybe uh, the people that we look that look up to us is not as big or uh, the outreach that we want to be having is not as grim or as great as somebody 
you know, well, they, they have a name or, you know, their, their family is this or their, their dad is that or, you know, we, we discount so much of what God has given us the ability to do because we don't have faith in who he called. Yeah. He called us to be what he wants us to be. So we have to believe, we have to have that confidence, not in ourselves, but we have that holy confidence in his will. And I know that while I might not always like what I have to go through, I might not always like the loneliness and the isolation that I can feel at times. Because you look in scripture, the people that God called to do great things, it almost always came with isolation. Mm-hmm. Moses was a deliverer, and he spent time out in the middle of nowhere herding sheep. Abraham. Yeah. God called him away from his family, away from everything that he'd ever known. David, David was running from Saul for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Even getting to Jesus, God called out into the wilderness for uh, that that period of isolation. And isolation can be very difficult, you know, even if it's not physical isolation. That idea of being of being almost spiritually isolated, almost emotionally isolated, where it doesn't really feel like anybody truly understands what you're going through. Those are real issues and real frustrations that I think a lot of young ministers have, and they truly feel. They feel like it's never going to happen. David, he was anointed as a teenager, but he was a grown man before he ever became king. There's, There's a period of going through frustration, and one of my one of my good friends, a person that I call when I'm frustrated, uh, he he's told me several times, my pastor, which was incredible. I had a conversation with uh, this minister um, about a, a week before an interaction that my wife had with my pastor's wife, where my pastor's wife was praying for her, and they said the exact same words to both of us on separate occasions. <laughs> there was no there was no communication between them. But they said, this is what you're going through is not punishment, it's preparation. Bro, like when I tell you verbatim, I, I'm not I'm not embellishing the story, I'm not making it more dramatic, but I'm just telling you, God knows exactly where we are. When we feel nameless, and when we feel anonymous, when it feels like we just have no bearing on where we actually are, God has us right in the center of his attention. And we are we are not forgotten. Just like he planned the hairs on our head, he mm-hmm. planned every step that we were supposed to take. And we can never just forget that the right the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God. So my desire would just be to remind somebody. I'm not telling you because you you know this and on the best of days where you feel closest to God, you're sure of it and you know it. But on the darkest days, days of your deepest frustrations, it's still true that God has you right where he wants you. And even in your deepest frustrations, even in your most isolated, understand that you are not nameless to God in your miracle, your ministry, your anointing, your ability to produce a miracle. It's just as real and just as there as somebody that we might see that we feel like has status. So good. Remember that. 
remember, you have status with God. You have, everybody has the exact same status with God. Um, and, and so that's why the word tells us go boldly before the throne of grace. So that, that would be my, you know, that would be what I would want somebody to say to me when I'm feeling isolated and frustrated. It's not punishment, it's preparation. Yeah, bro. I like it, that, it, man. Hit like a ton of bricks. Yeah, bro. I can I can attest for that in the, in the last little bit. I felt like I was being held back in multiple different ways, not just in my ministry, but uh, work stuff, family stuff, and all kind of man, all kind of stuff, man. And I, just to hear them words, it's not punishment, it's preparation. It 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 brought a big old smile to my face, man. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm bro. That's that's the you know I I'm so glad because I, I would I would want people to let me know that exact same thing. Yeah, and, no doubt. God knows what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's if if this podcast isn't for anybody else but me, I'm fine with that. <laughs> if nobody listens to this man and I can I can interview people more like this and uh, God speak through them to me, man, I'm fine. Yeah. I'll I'm perfect yeah. with that. The more I can be fed, the more I'll eat, you know. Uh, I'm not shy to the plate and the table, man. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm not rude to food. <laughs> And I, I, I really hope that's the mindset of everybody else is uh they'll take the opportunity every time they get it to be fed, man. You I mean you can't live in this world hungry. You can't you can't you can't starve. Don't starve your spiritual self. Go ahead and feed it. I mean Come on now. I, like that that's the thing is I think that we one of one of the things that we need to be more proficient at as young ministers mm-hmm. is being able to feed ourselves when we come to a point of spiritual maturity. Yes, sir. Yes, eat what your pastor cooks up for you. It's healthy. Doesn't always taste like we want it to, but it's necessary for our bodies. That's true. Uh, but there, there comes a point where, hey, my my daughter's four and she knows how to use a fork. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows how to feed herself. You know, Take that book up. Of maturity when you're able to go before God mm-hmm. and be able to be fed by what He gives. Pick that book up and let God uh, minister you, or minister to you uh, through the Word. I mean, let Him let Him feed you through that. Uh, yeah, feed, exactly. feed yourself. But uh, every time I get a chance to be fed and uh, be able to get some words of advice and uh, words of wisdom from anybody, man, it's such an honor. It, it is, bro. It really is. I really enjoyed this today, bro. Uh, won't you uh, lead us in prayer as we come to close on this? so grateful that you know right where your children are. You never expected us to do this on our own. You never expected us to be led by our own desires and by our own ability, dear God. Every calling that you've given is secure because you will see it through to completion. You don't want us to be on our own. God, while we might be in a place of discouragement, you are not leaving us alone. As your word said, you will never forsake us. You will never leave us helpless or hopeless. And so in this place that, Lord, I'm believing this is speaking to a young minister that at times have, have doubted their calling. 
a young lady that at times has doubted her ministry and her ability to minister effectively to your God. I believe right now that you're speaking a confidence into them that is not of this world. It's not maintained by their ability, but the confidence that you're placing in us and the ability that you're putting on us is going to be sufficient to carry out the calling of Christ. Dear God, I pray that we would be reminded that our future is in the field, that our our calling is going out, reaching this world, doing it effectively, dear God, being excellent at what you called us to be. But at the end of the day, we're not relying on talent. We're relying on the anointing and the calling of God. Cement in us, dear God. Perform deep things in our relationship. Give us the operation and the authority to carry out your word, your will, and your command in our life. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for every good thing that comes from all that you called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Man, well, it's been an honor to have you on here uh, once again. And uh, maybe one uh, one day soon we'll be able to do it again. Oh, bro, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would absolutely love it, as always. Bro, you like I said, you got my number. like I said, one day hopefully we can do this in person, man. I'm, oh, come on. That'd be I, awesome. I ain't seen you in a minute, bro. <laughs> so, uh, I know. That would be awesome. I'm excited for that to happen. It's going to yes, happen. Sir. Well, that's been it for the podcast. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, tune in next week. And, uh, let make God, uh, may God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to the sixth episode of End Times Like These. Um, I know it's been a while. I've been silent, and uh, I haven't really been active on this. Uh, it's because I've been in uh, kind of a search for uh, something in my soul uh, more than uh, a lot of people know um, I've been uh, just praying and fasting and believing God would give me more more of a fresh word and uh, he would speak to me and uh, just uh, trying to get closer uh, with God and I've kind of pushed a lot of stuff away um, and I believe that God has given me something um, to uh, talk about today and I hope you, you you humor me today and uh, allow me to speak to you my heart, what God has given me. I do have a, a guest. Uh, I guess you can say he's my co-host. Uh, Brother Logan is back with me. Uh, Logan, if you want to make sure everybody knows you're here, just... Hello. <laughs> but uh, I want to take you to First uh, Samuel. Um, I'm not going to say specific scriptures. I'm just going to kind of skim through and cover the basis of everything. Everybody knows this story. If you don't, um, maybe if you can reach out to me, uh, we'll have a Bible study. And uh, we'll talk about a couple uh, Sunday school scriptures. And uh, we'll talk about some stories. So today, I want to go into the story of David. And uh, yeah, it's David and Goliath again. Um, but... I want to talk more about of his brothers than him. So we know uh, in in First uh, Samuel, Jesse, David's father, uh, sends David to uh, bring some food and stuff to his uh, brothers that are fighting this battle. They have this big old giant from uh, uh, he's uh, he's a uh, Philistine giant from from Gath and. Uh, 
he's called out to the Israel army uh, and says to send their finest uh, warrior, their bravest warrior, to come and to come and fight him. And uh, if if they win, the Philistines will become their slaves. And if he wins, the Israelites and the Israel people uh, will become their slaves. And um, they, they've been there for days trying to figure out what they're going to do, what angle they're going to attack Goliath at. And uh, if you ask me, they were a bunch of cowards. For people being God's people, they really were a bunch of cowards. And, uh, yeah, that's harsh. But, I mean, if you if you were bought by, by God like you say you were uh, for being God's people, you would have stepped out in, in faith and uh, activated your faith and actually did something. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's just my take. But then again, uh, I'm scared of a lot of things, too. <laughs> if I saw a nine-foot dude standing in front of me calling at me that has a big old sword and uh, wants to kill me and take my people as slaves, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be scared, too. Uh, but uh, I would do my my uh my best to do what I could to make sure uh, I showed my faith and showed my faith was strong but you got David coming down bringing food and supplies to his brothers and as he comes up um, uh, as he comes up he um, his brothers look at him and' like what what are you what are you doing why are you here uh and I mean, they they were just basically downing him, you know. And uh, they they just didn't have they they were why why do you why do you want to be here why why are you here? Uh, and it's just they they were taking they were taking him for being the little guy, and uh, you know this is for warriors to be at. And this is where. We're, we're planning to attack this man and trying to get rid of this dude, you know? And uh, they just keep on tearing him down. And in my opinion, they were more on the Philistines' side by the way they were speaking than they were on their own side, you know? They, they sounded a lot more like Goliath than they did anything else you know and uh, and David spake to the man that stood by him saying what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God and the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, the oldest brother, heard David speaking, saying all this. And, and Eliab's anger overtook him against David and said, Why comest thou down, down hither, you know? Why, why are you here, bro? This is what I was talking. Why? Why are you coming? Why are you coming down here acting like you finna do something, man? 
I'm just gonna say it like I would. I'm, what you think you finna do, bro? I mean, you ain't gonna kill this dude. And uh, it says, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Who did you leave the sheep with? You know, I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Oh, you just came down here to watch us fight this dude. Yeah, you bought some tickets. You got your popcorn. You get you know and brought the food down. And uh, I mean, you just come to watch us, watch us work, huh? You too little to do anything. What you gonna do? You just come to watch us. Little did he know. <laughs> little did he know. Uh, and then, and then David said, "What have I now done? Is there not a cause?" And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the man, and the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spoke or spake, they rehearsed, they re, rehearsed them before Saul. So the, the people were talking to Saul about this dude. And uh, Saul sent for David. And uh, David said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said, or no, David said that to Saul. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine. Why? Why is he not able, Logan? What What is Saul's? Okay, and now David comes back and says, "Well, th- th- I'm a I'm the guy that protects my my dad's sheep, man. I'm the guy that has to deal with the sheep. I have to deal with the lions that don't come and try to attack my my sheep, and I'm I'm the one that has to deal with the bears that come to attack my sheep. What is this measly little?" giant gonna do he said i i pulled a sheep out of the mouth of a lion you know how many pounds of pressure a mouse lion has or a lion's mouth has <laughs> a lion's mouth not a mouse lion a lion's mouth has do you know how how many pounds of pressure do you know off the top of my head, I don't. well i'm finna find out <laughs> This is what you get when you're unprepared and you just want to put something out for the people that really want to listen. I'm going to find out for you. Look and talk to them for a second. And David said unto Saul that his servant kept his father's sheep and he came. There came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. That's what he was getting from. I protect my father's sheep. A lion came and a bear. It was not just a lion, but also a bear. Okay, to go back to the lion. A lion's mouth 
has 650 pounds of pressure behind it. 650 pounds. How much do you think this giant weighs? <laughs> In my thought, I feel like David can put this sucker on his shoulders and squat him. <laughs> if he can rip the 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 sheep out of the of a six hundred and fifty pound vice grip mouth of a lion, do you really think this is David talking? If I can do that to a six hundred and fifty pound mouth of a lion, do you really think this dude got anything against me? Have you ever thought of this this way? No. <laughs> like really? Because I really didn't ever look up. Six hundred and fifty pounds. I'm not even going to go into detail about the bear. A bear is huge. <laughs> and this dude protected his father's sheep from a lion and a bear already. And he's coming to Saul. Why? Why am I not eligible? I'm a youth, but you see what I've already done? Look at my, look at my, what What are those called? Um, when you go to apply for a job, you have to no, the uh, your uh, resume. He said, "Look at my resume, bro. I've got it. In, I mean, I'm telling you. And I mean, why can't I? And and then it goes on to say, it says, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. I'm gonna add this sucker to my resume." <laughs> Could you imagine he's calling Saul is calling him a youth? Couldn't you imagine how old was David when he was anointed? When everybody said he was like eight years old, I can't. If I'm remembering, I can't remember. Hold, on, I'm finna find this one too. I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong. I don't think it really says anything about how old he was. But he he was. I guess he was younger. It was the chapter before he was anointed king already. So, I mean, if he's old enough to be anointed king, he's old enough to be in the battle. So, I mean, we're going to find this out. I'm I'm really I'm really going to dig deep tonight, and we're really we're really going to we're going to get a hold of something. Cuz uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you something to chew on, okay? I'm going to give you something to chew on. Uh this is the title I want to give you. My brothers had a different agenda. My brothers, this is David's uh, point of view. My brothers had a different agenda. And uh, one one thing I want to go ahead and say uh, is you can't be in the church with your feet, but be with the enemy with your mouth. That's what David's brothers were doing. They were in the in 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 the uh, in God's army with their feet, but they were with Goliath in their mouth. They had a different agenda. They were jealous. Talk about that, Logan. Give him one second.
He was around 15 years old when he was anointed king. And that was a chapter before. He was he was probably close to maybe my age when he wanted to kill this devil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but let, let's talk about that. You can you can't be in the church with your feet and with the enemy in your mouth. And I, I, it does say in the Bible, you can't serve. You can't be lukewarm. No. Serve God, or you gotta serve the devil. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't be in God's army one minute and in the devil army in the next. You gotta be in God army full time, or the devil army full time. There's no in between. You like I'm gonna say, you can't have one foot in the door and one foot out the door. Quick escape. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no back alleyways for this. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast. I want to take a second to uh, talk about Anchor. Anchor is a uh, podcast, a free podcasting app that will and upload I mean, your podcast. Yeah, there's no there's no back doors to this thing. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and but I really want to take talk about a few minutes if you want to start a podcast. Get you a mic. What the the get last your couple remarks set down. about what. Really, David said, and get your podcast uh, done in verse forty-seven in an efficient way with Logan, Anchor Podcasting app. And all this assembly shall know that the the Lord thou savest not with his sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he he will give you into our hands. And all this assembly shall know. And all this assembly shall know, the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. It's already been won, and he will give you into our hands. And it come to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted (coughs) and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran toward this big old four-headed, big old, big foot, weird-looking giant thing. He ran into it with with a boldness like no other and did what he knew he was going to do. He slung that stone, smote the Philistine, drew, drew Goliath's sword, which was probably bigger than him, and chop the dude's head off. And I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about the way Goliath fell. I just want to let you know we already recorded this one time, and the audio did not work for this part of the podcast. So we're just gonna go ahead and redo all of it. <laughs> we're not gonna take as long though. Uh, but Goliath fell forward. Usually, with something that hits you in the front of your head, this is a proven fact, hits you in the front of the head, you're either going to fall back. Yeah, you're just going to fall back, more than likely. Your momentum is going to go backward. This dude fell forward. And our assistant pastor said that he he feels like the reason he fell forward 
is to let the Philistines know this dude's going to bow down to me today on his deathbed and I'm going to give these people the victory. I'm going to show Saul. I'm going to show oh, uh, David's little brother, uh, older, little older brothers <laughs> that I reign supreme, that I am the one that that is is going to do this and David is willing and he is able to do it with me so i'm going to end with this i'm sorry i'm jumping around i mean the next podcast may be better and put together way better um but verse 58 well let's let's uh Okay, I wanna, I'm going to read 57. You can read 58, okay? Or I'm going to read 56 and 57. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the striplings is. What does stripling mean? You know, I, I really want to know that. He called David a stripling. I'm going to swap to a different Bible app and figure this out because that one... It's Garbo. I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the app. Okay. This stripling, let's figure out who he is, who his father is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hands. He came back to the doubting Saul, back to the doubting brothers, with a trophy in his hands. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou? Art thou? Young man. man. And David answered, I am the son of the servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Let's let's just let, if it's okay. Let me just add something. Mm-hmm. He didn't call him a youth this time. He called him a young man. Man, because he knew through God, mighty in battle. This dude isn't. He is not. It's not okay for me to call him a boy no more. He wears bigger pants than I do, buddy. I'm finna call this dude a man. He he has proven himself. He is worthy of a name change. <laughs> I just came up with that. Uh, that really hit me. Um, he is he is worthy of a position change. Um, whoever's dad this is, this I, I feel like this is what Saul was saying. Whoever whoever's dad or whoever's son this dude is, his dad, me and him's daddy finna talk. <laughs> I'm not grammarly correct. Okay. Uh, me and him's daddy finna talk about this. And we we finna get you a, a change, bud. Uh, you you need to be moved up from just watching the sheep, bro. I mean, you the dude, man. <laughs> I just want to be real with you. This dude, through God, opened Saul's eyes to who he really is. He's not just a youth he is a man 
a young man. And I want to close this by saying just I'm not talking just to the to the guys. I just I want to be completely clear with this. I'm not just talking to the guys. I'm talking to everybody, every gender, any age, anything. If you are willing, you are able. As long as God is in it, you're going to come to the doubters with a trophy. You better bet that. You're going to come to your doubters with a trophy. So I want to close this by saying, be more like David in times like these.